This is the Everyday AI Show, the everyday podcast where we simplify AI and bring its power to your fingertips. Listen daily for practical advice to boost your career, business, and everyday life. How should we be using generative AI? It seems like there's no shortage of, of tools and softwares that can help us do our jobs better, but we don't really ever talk about the ethics behind it. So that's what we're going to be doing today on Everyday AI. So welcome. This is your daily live stream, podcast, and free daily newsletter helping everyday people keep up with what's going on in the world of generative AI. So yeah, we can always read about it, um, but this is where we actually talk about it. And we say, here's what it means to, to your business to your company, to your career. So extremely excited today. Uh, we have uh, a senior leader from IBM joining us. But before we get into that, let's talk real quick about what's going on in the world of AI news. Let's make sense of this. All right, so first story, the New York Times just says, just said that companies can't use its site to train AI models. Uh, so they updated their terms of service, kind of barring uh, different AI chats from crawling their site and using that information, uh, or sorry, restricting uh, end users to use that information. So uh, very interesting timing, especially as OpenAI kind of uh, released, so to speak, their GPT bot, which told companies how they crawl their website and use their information. So this, I could talk about this one for hours, but keep your eye on that because I think it is pretty, uh, pretty noteworthy. All right, next piece of news. Uh, ChatGPT competitor raked in a huge fundraising round. So Anthropic, uh, which makes the uh, LLM Cloud 2, uh, recently just announced a $100 million investment from a Korean telco company, uh, SK Telecom. So if you don't know, Anthropic was founded by former OpenAI leaders, the makers of ChatGPT, um, and they recently raised about three months ago $450 million. So a lot of people haven't even used Anthropic in their cloud too. Uh, it's definitely worth checking out if you haven't already. And you know, pretty big fundraising news here, uh, bringing in another $100 million investment. All right, so last but not least in our AI news today, Amazon. Just, just noted, just less than an hour ago, just released that they are going to be using AI summaries uh, in reviews. So uh, they actually just started to roll this out across the US to select users, but more or less, here's what it means. You are going to see AI summaries of product reviews, uh, which I think is fascinating because so many times, uh, at least for me, you know, you know, whether it's on Amazon or any other sites, I spend so much time reading reviews. So we're, we'll see how accurate these uh, AI summaries are. Uh, and there will also be a product insights feature that kind of highlights common trends found in reviews. So uh, maybe I'll spend less time reading reviews and more time spending even more money on Amazon. Uh, so I'm excited. I'm excited to talk AI uh, in ethics, it's it's something we don't talk about a lot. Don't worry, it's not just going to be blabbing. Uh, it's not just going to be me blabbing today. I have a great guest, so let's bring in our guest for today, Mo Alo, who is the uh, senior sales leader, a senior sales leader at IBM. Mo, thank you for joining us. Jordan, I appreciate you having me. I'm excited to talk to you. I'm a big fan of your work. 
Thank you. Hey, appreciate that. So as a reminder, for those of you joining us live, like Nelson here, who's saying greetings, this is a live show. This is unscripted. So if you have a question uh, for Mo, just about AI and ethics, or if you're just interested even in, hey, what's IBM doing in this space, make sure to drop a comment uh, like Michael, who says cloud rocks. Uh, I like cloud as well. Uh, so, so Mo, real quick, just tell everyone a little bit you know, what you're doing uh, at IBM, what's kind of your role as a senior sales leader at IBM and Tail? Sure. Um, in, at IBM, my role is I cover financial services. So I uh, uh, work with a set group of accounts um, and, you know, we, we believe in consultative process and the collaborative approach. And so what we do is try to learn as much about our clients and their pain, their pain points um, and then, you know, work with them to see how we can assist them. Um, as far as AI, and you probably are aware of this, uh, IBM has been, you know, at the forefront of AI for a long time. Uh, it's something that we're proud of, and, and we are as excited as everybody else is with all the new advancements that have been going on and how we can um, satisfy the needs of our clients and make sure that they're keeping up and also in, in appropriate ways. Yeah, it's it's something I don't think we even talk about enough on the show um, is is just IBM's role in this, because I think if not for IBM's uh, initial investment decades ago in open AI, um, you know, Watson, Deep Blue, all of these, uh, you know, now that we kind of consider, quote unquote, old school uh, advancements in AI, I don't know if we'd be here. Like, what do you think about that, Mo? And, and how uh, how important do you think that IBM has been to even where we're at now, even with other companies? Well, um, I I think you're right. You're spot on. Um, you know, IBM has invested um, into the research and into the uh, process of developing uh, an AI system and, and an AI that works and is trusted. Um, you know, Deep Blue and uh, Watson. You know, going back to you know the uh, was it Gary Kasparov, the the chess player that was defeated by. Uh, Deep Blue, and then Watson uh, won Jeopardy. And so it's kind of like the moon landing, right? Those are kind of like the first markers in in, in making, uh, you know, a large uh, uh, publicity for AI and the and what large uh, language models can do. And what, what that does is gives us, you know, a uh, basically two decades of, of working with AI models and fine tuning them and um, learning how to best deploy them. So yeah, that's something we're really proud of. Yeah. Yeah. And timely, timely comment, uh, from, from Miguel joining the live stream here saying growing up when I saw Watson doing his thing in jeopardy, I was like, I want this for my personal life. And now we, <laughs> we, we, we have this for our personal life. So, so Mo, as someone that's been involved in, you know, computer and, and technologies for a long time, can you just speak to now, like, you know, even Miguel's comment here, we have this in our personal life. Yeah. I mean, it's funny, right? Um, we still don't, maybe a lot of us don't realize it and don't see it our way that way, but it is. And, and Jordan, I saw your uh, pod recently on, you know, how you can personalize chat GPT, right. Uh, to learn how to write like you, which I think is awesome. I mean, I think that's incredible that we can actually do that. And the way that uh, you explained it uh, made it very easy for people to use. Look, AI is, is advancing at such an incredible rate and such a phenomenal rate. Everybody um, is being able to use it and learn from it. Um, 
and Jordan, you do a daily show, right? Five days a week. You take Saturdays and Sundays off, thank God. (laughs) But you could probably do an hourly show. I mean, um, all you have to do is be on Twitter, be on LinkedIn and, and follow, you know, people that are, that are, you know, pushing AI and, and just uh, relating the latest uh, developments. And, you know, there's, there's so much um, that what you touched on earlier, ethics is obviously a a big uh, concern, not, not just for IBM, but for all the the large uh, uh, companies out there that are involved in AI and developing AI. Yeah. And, Kind of finally bringing us to our topic here, you know, ethics, because one thing that I find interesting is a lot of times bigger uh, bigger companies, so enterprise level companies that IBM would normally be working with are most set up or most uh, or maybe set up the best to leverage generative AI. But a lot of times the the, the larger enterprise companies at times may be the, the last to to adapt. So. What's what's just your overall take on ethics in generative AI? How should we be using it? Should you know whether you're working at a you know a large company or a small company? Should we be using generative AI in all aspects of our work? Like, what are your what are your thoughts on that? Because you know it's it's a deep conversation and people have opinions. But you know, what are your thoughts? Just you know, given your background, Mo. Yeah. Um, so let's um, let's try to unpack it and categorize it, right? Should we, let's say, should we be using AI? Absolutely. Um, I saw your, uh, your, your pod regarding should ChatGPT be banned in schools? And I, I love the approach that you took. Why would we um, give our students uh, a disadvantage when they're going to be able to use it in the real world? Learn how to use it. You know, what's the biggest... Um, uh, What's the the most common statement that that I've heard at least is, uh, you know, job humans are not going to be replaced by AI. They're going to be replaced by people that use AI, right? But the reason that thing that, that that statement took off is because it it's true and it makes sense, right? Um, we have to learn how to use it. You know, it's like uh, I think you had mentioned like banning the internet, right, mm-hmm. um, et cetera. And so it is important for everyone to have an understanding of it. Uh, not only for them to learn, but also so that they can know the trouble spots. They can go through uh, trial and error. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of sto- – let's go back to why it's important, ethics in AI. I think that there's a personal responsibility, right, user ethics. Um, how are we as individuals using it? Um, there's the enterprise responsibility, right, protecting uh, data of the enterprise of – uh, personal data that, that enterprises collect, um, the outcomes of AI, right? Are we going to be, you know, creating, uh, you know, the, the big fear that everybody has, uh, you know, the, the Terminator movie type AI, uh, everybody dies or, you know, people lose their jobs. Obviously, you know, that's, that's not the case. That's a, that's an incredible stretch. Um, and then accessibility, I think is important. You know, everybody needs to have access. Everybody needs to be able to, benefit from the the tools that are out there um and i think uh as as users we are developing scar tissue and muscle memory um when it comes to you know the the dangers of ai just kind of like photoshop Mm -hmm. when that first became popular you know we kind of figured it out it didn't take long to where okay that looks photoshopped etc the same goes for deep fakes um 
I know that there's a lot of talk uh, about watermarking uh, AI generated content. And there was a recent uh, executive order or, or a, uh, agreement on eight principles uh, of AI that I'm sure you've covered. So I don't need to tell your, your audience has to be the most educated. They, there's like nothing new I can tell your audience. That's how good a job, <laughs> a job you do. Um, hallucinations we all know of, about, we've heard of, we've heard of, you know, uh, situations where people, you know, got caught up or, you know, lawyers using AI that made up cases and, and, you know, those things are unfortunate, but I think that's part of our process as everybody to learn, you know, what exactly uh, AI um, can do, but how should we be using it? I think we should be using it in the most uh, uh, effective, uh, optimized way and doing our part to have guardrails, you know, just like anything yeah. else, the internet has guardrails, you know, TV does as well. Yeah. Um, let's see what Dr. Rastafa has. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Great, great transition here. So yeah, Dr. Rastafa get us with a great question saying there's two sides to ethics, the creative end and the user end. So kind of asking here, what's the responsibility of companies like IBM uh, who are, you know, actually helping to create, you, you know, we haven't even talked about Watson X AI, which we'll talk right. about here in a second, but what's kind of, what do you think is the responsibility of the companies that are helping to develop these uh, AI systems? You know, obviously on the back end as users, you know, we, we have to have some of those ethics and guardrails Mo that you talked about in place, but what are your thoughts for, you know, companies that are helping create these AI systems? It's a huge responsibility. It's a great question. Um, that's something that IBM, I'm very proud of the way we take it extremely seriously. We have a AI ethics board. We have a privacy board. Any application that is developed goes through a AI by design, AI ethics by design process. We have uh, AI pillars of trust, transparency, privacy, fairness, explainability, robustness. Um, any, and there you go. I love it. Um, any uh, AI uh, involved uh, development has to go through this process. Um, of course, anything that touches on a military application, anything that comes close to surveillance, facial recognition, those are things that IBM takes a very, very strong stance on. Um, HR tools, you know, I think I read a, a stat from... Um, was a zip recruiter that I think almost 85% or something, uh, a really high percentage, don't hold me to it, of resumes are initially screened by uh, AI. And so think about the implications there. Um, admissions into schools, education, political, right, political purposes, um, infrastructure, anything that's going to be harmful. So, and, and this is, we're a leader in this field. IBM uh, signed the Rome, uh, call to action by the Vatican back in 2020, formed a partnership with the University of Notre Dame uh, with an AI ethics uh, um, institute. Um, there's been so many uh, different regulations that, have, that IBM has been behind and, and regulatory bodies. And what, what our position is, is we believe in precision regulation. So we don't want to stunt the technology, right? The use of the technology, that's where we want, you know, uh, there needs to be guardrails, right? But but we are proponents of advancing the technology always. That That's never something that we would be against, you know, at, at least at this point in time.
Hey, this is Jordan, the host of Everyday AI. I've spent more than a thousand hours inside ChatGPT and I'm sharing all of my secrets in our free Prime Prompt Polish ChatGPT course that's only available to loyal listeners like you. Here's what Lindy, who works as an educational consultant, said about the PPP course. I couldn't figure out why I wasn't getting the results from ChatGPT that I needed and wanted. And after taking the PPP course, I now realize that I was not priming correctly. So I will be heading back into ChatGPT right now to practice my priming, prompting, and polishing. Everyone's prompting wrong, and the PPP course fixes that. If you want access, go to podppp.com. Again, that's podppp.com. Sign up for the free course and start putting ChatGPT to work for you. Yeah, and... You know, just just the piece, like, I love, Mo, that you broke down, like, step-by-step what IBM is doing in regards to ethics in AI, because it is important, you know, for for end users or for those that are ultimately consuming content from other enterprise companies that are using AI. I think it's important to know uh, the aspects here uh, that that you kind of laid out. But uh, a great a great question here from uh, Matthew. So we'll we'll, we'll kind of transition here because um, you know. I think we talked about this on the show before, but as an example, you know, some big companies are cutting down or downsizing their ethics teams, right? So Microsoft is one. They laid off uh, kind of their their ethics team that taught um, or that was, you know, working with ethics and AI. So what are your what are your thoughts on, you know, larger companies or, you know, we don't have to single them out, but, you know, what are your thoughts on the, the, these companies that aren't maybe prioritizing ethics as highly as IBM or maybe as highly as they as they should be? Yeah, um, you know, I think everybody's learning, right? Uh, IBM, we've been around for over 100 years. We're one of the, if not the oldest technology company. Um, I would hope that there's a pivot there somewhere that it wasn't just, hey, let's just take the guardrails off and we're not doing anything, right? I, I would have to assume that there is something um, that they have in place or in the works. But, um, you know, obviously it's not something that I that we would be in favor of, that I would that I'd be supportive of. Uh, supportive of. I mean, we all know the the typical example, or, or let's say the easy example to understand is um, people that would be um, uh, disadvantaged by an AI because of their ethnic group or or their zip code, or they get a higher interest rate, or they you know don't get approved for loans, et cetera. That's that's something that I hope we as a society have really moved on and realized that 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 needs to be taken care of, but. The ethics uh, around AI are have to move as quickly as the AI itself is, right? I know um, there was a, uh, a recent uh, study by, I think it was by MIT Technology Review, uh, and, and this is a little more in the weeds, but it found that uh, programmatic ads are spamming, and and they're you know let's say Google Google ads are similar, um, and they're being used on you know, websites that don't necessarily have correct information or might be misleading information. And so those are the dangers. And then a lot of those are just generated by AI. So, you know, the market's being flooded with um, people that want to monetize. There will always be bad actors and we have to account for that. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, one thing we haven't even talked about yet that I'm, I'm excited. Uh, so let's, let's quickly just kind of transition here because I'd love to talk real quick about what 
IBM is actually doing in the space because we we haven't even talked about this a lot. But you know, Watson X dot AI. So you know, most people and we kind of talked about this uh, to open the show. Most people have heard of Watson, and it may have been actually for society. Uh, you, you know, seeing Watson uh, on you know Jeopardy may have been people's first big uh, or, or main introduction into what AI is and to what its capabilities are. But real quick, just talk about Watson X. Dot AI. Uh, so this is kind of more for enterprise companies, but uh, just just briefly, Mo, tell us why uh, Watson X.AI might be uh, worth looking at for, for companies. Absolutely. And it's something that, that we're very excited about. Um, like you said, IBM has a, a deep history with AI and, and Watson is a name that, that everybody knows. And what we've done is we've created the Watson X platform and it's for enterprise, like you said. And it, it, it consists, you got to think of it with, with three subsets, Watson X.AI, which is going to validate, tune, deploy AI models. Uh, Watson X.data allows you to scale the AI workloads for all data anywhere, you know, on-prem, cloud, et cetera. And then Watson X.governance, and this goes to our topic today. You know, think of that as the nutrition label of your data, you know, responsible, transparent AI workflows. Um, you want to know and make sure that the data that you're putting into the into your business is safe, that it's reliable, that it's trusted. Uh, what we do is we help enterprises get off uh, to a good start with a solid, uh, already trained model with where then the, the customer be able to insert their data and then also the domain or industry uh, knowledge. And that allows then the enterprise to have a structure, it has a, a head start, if you will, and then the guardrails that are necessary. So we're really excited about it. Um, and obviously it's, it's off to a great start. Yeah. And, and, you know, having access to these platforms, um, you know, whether it's, you know, IBM's, um, you know, Watson X, and I know that they are even integrating uh, Meta's Llama 2 uh, into Watson X AI, but, I think having access to these generative AI systems, whether it's at an enterprise level or just as an individual, I think gives you so much extra benefit that maybe we didn't have a year or two ago. And I bring that up because, you know, Harold here joining the show has, has a great question uh, because he's, he's asking more about the approach to accessibility because Mo, you kind of already uh, referenced this, that, um, you know, this, these, generative tools aren't necessarily open to everyone, right? Like depending on uh, what, what end, you know, cause again, there's, there's Google has their, their tools and uh, software, Microsoft does, IBM does, you know, and depending on where you are or your budget, you may not have access to all of these. So what's, what's the right way and maybe not asking from an IBM perspective, but as society, how do we tackle this accessibility piece and, you know, to kind of create a as level of a playing field as possible? Because I think that's one of the biggest um, one of the biggest issues facing generative AI use right now is this accessibility piece. It's a great question. And Harold, thank you for asking. Um, IBM has always been extremely involved in the communities, right? So we, we have partnerships with universities, with uh, local schools. Uh, we have a whole division uh, that is around accessibility. 
Um, similar to what I said about the AI ethics uh, involvement in the design process, we also have a accessibility uh, check. And so now accessibility, uh, you know, I, I can see there might be two meanings, access mm -hmm. to technology, but also access for those who uh, have different abilities, right? And so IBM has a focus on both. Uh, we launched uh, Skills Build, where we have a free online uh, platform where people are able to go in, learn, uh, earn certificates. Um, and AI is obviously one of the, the big topics in, in that. And, and I point you to skillsbuild.org. Um, and there you go, there, there you are. Uh, and so this is something IBM takes very, very seriously and we're happy to, uh, to do so. Yeah, and I know this has been a long show, but I do wanna end on this, Mo. You have such a great background and I think you've shared so much great information today, but what would your, what would your takeaway be for uh, you know, business leaders, for even individuals as we kind of grapple with this piece on, on ethics and AI? What would your takeaway be for people that are trying to use it in a responsible way to, to, to grow their business? How can people do that? Well, um, I think they should, number one, watch the Everyday AI podcast every morning. <laughs> um, but no, you do a great service, uh, Jordan. I want to make sure I get that uh, um, stated. I, I appreciate what you do. You cut through uh, and also highlight the things that are important. But I mean, as far as your question, I think what a lot of us don't realize and maybe haven't you know, uh, thought about is AI has been used uh, and, and everything that we do for a long time, right? I think um, what ChatGPT did was kind of shine the spotlight. You know, uh, I think our CEO compared it to what Netscape did for the internet. Mm -hmm. um, and so, which is great, which is, uh, you know, something that everybody uh, is excited about and, and the accessibility to, to millions of people around the world to using uh, uh, a large language model like ChatGPT has been phenomenal. But my advice is to always ensure that you have ethics at the forefront. Um, there's a lot of damage that can be done to a lot of people and a lot of businesses, small businesses, if ethics is, is not a serious uh, component of anything uh, that you are developing or, or uh, rolling out to the public. And so that, that's really my advice. Choose a great partner. Um, you have in-house talent as well as consultative, you know, you know, get a view of, of the outside world of what other what your competition is doing. Uh, make sure that you have uh, ethics at the forefront. And I think it's an exciting time. This is, um, you know, the one of the most uh, impactful technological advancements uh, in history. We're all part of it. We're all, you know, right in the middle of it. And it's exciting. Yeah. Speaking of exciting, this at least for me, and I hope if you're out there listening and uh, in, in tuning in live as well, I hope this was an exciting conversation because we went over a little bit of everything, Mo, from, from ethics yeah. and the background of, of even IBM to how we can you know, look forward to responsibly using AI in the future. So thank you so much for spending Bye. some time on the Everyday AI Show to help us all figure this out together. Really it's appreciate pleasure. it. I'll be watching. Thanks a lot, Jordan. <laughs> All right. And just as a reminder, don't worry if you couldn't keep up with everything. Go to youreverydayai.com. Sign up for our free daily newsletter. And we're going to have a recap of the conversation that we just had with Mo uh, talking about ethics and everything else. And if you are listening on the podcast, 
don't worry. Look in the show notes today. We'll have links to this. And even if you want to jump in, uh, kind of our, our daily LinkedIn thread and ask Mo questions. If, if you are listening on the podcast and you're like, oh, it would have been great to join in live, don't worry. You can click and do that. So uh, thanks again to Mo uh, for joining us. And thank you. And we hope to see you back tomorrow and every day on Everyday AI. Thanks. Pleasure, Jordan. And that's a wrap for today's edition of Everyday AI. Thanks for joining us. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and leave us a rating. It helps keep us going. For a little more AI magic, visit youreverydayai.com and sign up to our daily newsletter so you don't get left behind. Go break some barriers and we'll see you next time.